0: The TNT shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member and we don't mean your aunt Dolores. You stink. The TNT shop has it all. At TNTradio.live. Patrick Henningson talks on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Welcome back folks, welcome back. Listen, nice it's great to have you back here on Friday. This is the end of the week and it is momentous today. We got major news. Major news coming out of the Hague uh, in the Netherlands. We're going to report the ICJ decision today. It's been uh, interim decisions been rendered uh, by the court, uh, overwhelming votes uh, against Israel uh, in the genocide convention trial. This was launched by the South Africa in December. Finally came to the presentations a few weeks ago. To much fanfare, everybody was riveted by the case that was made by South Africa, not so much by the Israeli rebuttal. But here we have an interim decision we'll talk about that we'll break down all the aspects of this uh, during the program as well as other breaking news Uh, we'll bring on hopefully on the first hour we'll have a special guest we'll welcome Syrian girl to the program to get her reaction on the ICJ ruling uh, and also Basil Valentine our intrepid correspondent and he'll be joining us uh, as well and Freddie Ponton all in the first hour I want to get everybody's take on this obviously we have a good panel of experts on this so we'll be getting a little bit from you person, some different perspectives here to try to find out what this actually means and what it means going forward. And it'll be very interesting, This discussions for sure. Uh, in the second hour, we're going to be joined live from Amman, Jordan, uh, by Leila Haitoum. She is a journalist. She's in Jordan right now uh, with campaigning, a very interesting and perhaps important campaign about uh, aid drops to Gaza, airdrops by... By, the, by, by plane uh, with aid dropping into Gaza, because right now it, they can't come through by trucks. The Israelis aren't letting the aid through. Even Israeli settlers have blocked um, aid deliveries into Gaza. We saw this this week. It's disturbing uh, footage, to say the least. So Layla's going to talk to us about her campaign, uh, and also I'll get her reactions as well in the ICJ ruling. Of course, she'll want to comment on that. Uh, And then we'll be joined uh, later in the second hour by our intrepid legal correspondent in New York City, Matthew Russell Lee. He's also got a line in on the ICJ ruling, obviously Matthew's former U.N. press pool. So he's got very good contacts there. He'll give us his hot take not and also the trump trials are in full swing and also the bob menendez trial some interesting spicy bit of information and developments in that senator bob menendez much embattled and uh, really just standing strong against the accusations he's not going anywhere but uh, we'll find out more about that from matthew russell lee from inner city press uh, so we have a pretty much a packed lineup today but we are going to focus on this ruling uh, by south africa and we'll pay attention uh, especially um, to what's coming out of the the judges themselves. Um, we'll also look at uh, the breakdown of how this sort of stacks up in terms of what's actually uh, been said. And if we look at the actual uh, ish- issued statement here by the court, ICJ rules against Israel uh, in favor of South Africa in their case. Uh, to halt the genocide so according to the court uh, what is happening now the behavior by the State of Israel over the last three months uh it, it it appears to be genocide this then initiates an investigation today formally this will go into trial right now this may take a year or two but in the interim there's a 15 to 2 vote that the State of Israel shall, Take all measures to prevent the commission of genocide in Gaza. That means the state of Israel must adhere to Article 2 of the Genocide Convention. And it's very clear uh, what it says in Article 2. Uh, I'll read that in a moment. Uh, step number two. 15 to 2 vote against Israel. The state of Israel shall ensure that the military does not commit any acts of genocide. Again, deferring to Article 2 of the Genocide Convention. So, number 3, 16 to 1 against Israel. And Israel shall take all measures to. Uh, punish all public solicitations to genocide. That includes all the statements by Israeli politicians, uh, members of their parliament, all the terrible things they've been saying the last three months, the idea of soldiers, the officers, the head of defense, all basically advocating, calling for genocide of the native Palestinian population in Gaza. So that's a pretty definitive ruling there. Step number four, uh, 16 to one against Israel. Israel shall take immediate immediate and effective measure to address adverse conditions to life in the Gaza strip so that means they must take all measures to lift the blockade of water of food of aid of medical supplies, of electricity, all the things they've cut off in order to starve and maximize the the kill rate uh, in Gaza. And this is just a humanitarian uh, disaster that's already unfolding. We're already seeing XX deaths, uh, according to the Gaza Ministry for Health and other international NGOs as well have raised a, the, the alarm on this. Step number five, 15 to two against Israel, Israel shall take effective measures to preserve evidence of actions impacting the Genocide Convention, i.e. back to Article Two of the Genocide Convention, must observe it, okay? 15 to two, Israel shall submit to the court a report, all measures taken to follow the orders of this court within one month. Um, So they will have to uh, compile evidence Israelis will have to preserve evidence I doubt that they will they're probably burning all the orders and military documents as we speak that's no surprise if that happens but this is a pretty definitive ruling here and while it doesn't call explicitly for a ceasefire um, de facto de facto it does call for a ceasefire because these uh, step 1 15 to 2 against Israel that they shall take all measures to prevent the commission of genocide in Gaza. So what they're saying is that the evidence that they have to date raises to the level that it is likely genocide enough to warrant a formal investigation by the international courts of justice. So this will trigger a special UN uh, investigation as well. There will be committees that will be formed uh, as a result of this, there's no doubt about that. And let me just read to you as well, before we connect our next guest, this is article two of the Genocide Convention, okay? And this is what Israel must refrain from, ergo this interim ruling, and it is as follows. While this is not a formal uh, order of a ceasefire, they can't give that order anyway, as the ICJ. Um, but this is what is stipulated here. And this is what Israel must, according to this inner ruling, abide by. And it is follows. A, they must refrain from killing members of the group, i.e. the native Palestinian population in Gaza. B, causing serious bodily harm or mental harm to members of the group. The Palestinians living in Gaza C deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part destruction of the Palestinian people living in Gaza. Israel must stop cease and desist from that activity and D Israel must stop imposing measures intended to prevent births within a group which they've done. By targeting and uh, destroying hospitals and using their army and snipers to kill medical workers, doctors, and also attacking patients as well in those hospitals. Many medical facilities have been bombed in the last three months. So that's from the that's article two of the Genocide Convention. Pretty clear. Pretty clear. So there's a pretty a definitive decision against um, Israel on that. So that's what's on the table. This is going to have legal ramifications. This is going to spread into civil uh, uh, trials and cases. There are going to be indictments coming down the pipeline. This will lead to referral to the ICC, the International Criminal Court. All of this stuff is in motion now. In fact, this is what we've been talking about for months on this program. We've been warning about this. We've been saying this is coming. We've been saying this, and this is exactly what's happening. So, uh, you know, thank you to uh, our our team, all of our guests over the last three months um, who have helped uh, to make this case as well. And also to all the other independent media who are brave enough to speak out on this issue from the beginning. Uh, you deserve a round of applause as well, because this is the result. The international community, the consensus, the global consensus is that Israel is engaged in a genocide this is a crime against humanity and they will now be censured by various institutions and countries you now have the door open to sanction israel you also have the door open for criminal prosecutions uh, not just as from israeli politicians and officials or even people in the media who have been advocating for genocide live on tv which they've done many of them have that can't be erased but also anybody complicit as well in the genocide aiding and abetting the war crimes the crimes against humanity uh those include members of the united states government uh us institutions agencies mainstream media Uh, and other uh, advocates who've been calling for genocide Uh, you will now be held to account at some point in the future it's only a question of time so listen we're not saying this this is what's coming this is what's in the letter of the law international law this is ratified by all countries who are signatories to the genocide convention and who recognize the international courts of justice which is most countries in the world Uh, so unfortunately that's just the way it is this is bad PR for Israel I don't think they're ever going to recover from this damaged brand going forward. And they're in total denial. The Israeli position is unbelievable. They're saying, why don't you condemn Hamas? It sounds like Piers Morgan uh, is somehow running the IDF communications team at the moment. All they're talking about is Hamas and tunnels, still total denial that they've done anything wrong and they will continue as scheduled. The genocide will continue, says the IDF. And that's probably what Tony Blinken going to say as well. And Joe Biden, probably if they can, wake him up for a comment today let's take a break with tnt today's news talk when we come back we're going to connect syrian girl who's going to give us her reactions on this latest ruling all this and more coming up stay right there
0: tnt's bruce de torres the who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by merrill nass just a minute about this this report is designed to help readers think about some big topics how to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare, how to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics, and whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help the population, populations. We start with a history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce de Torres on today's News Talk TNT. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important and that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages that's massive to find out more go to tntradio.live
2: she used to dance and dream of a better life a brighter future with nutritious food to eat A chance to learn, to get an education, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams. By ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more. So they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves.
3: Gracias. Gracias.
2: Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today.
0: So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness, lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio.
1: Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to the first hour of this live broadcast. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. Thank you for rejoining us right now. Big news coming out of The Hague. Uh, The International Courts of Justice have uh, rendered an interim ruling, and it looks like uh, an absolute, uh, well, it looks like a mandate uh, in terms of the spread on the vote. Uh, We just went through bullet by bullet point uh, previously on this uh with with the breakdown of that now i want to get some reactions uh from some of our guests this hour i want to bring on to the line right now a very high profile pundit uh you can follow her on x uh, twitter at partisan girl this is syrian girl many of you are probably familiar with her work she's joining us on the live link right now uh syrian girl thank you for coming to the program today
4: thank you so much for having me here you are the high profile twitter guy also Pleasure
1: to be here. <laughs> not as high-profile as you, but uh, let let's not digress too far on that on that front. Um, Syrian girl, what do you think about this ruling? What are your initial reactions to this?
4: Well, if they hadn't ruled this way, then the entire ICJ court system would have been thrown into the trash. You know, the United Nations uh, had already united for peace, which means the majority of countries came together to. Uh, rule uh, to bypass the vetoes that the U.S. was, uh, you, you know, issuing to defend Israel's genocide, um, and so to go against that would have been a very hard pill to swallow, and it would have just basically uh, destroyed the U.N. as an institution. So in on that respect, it wasn't surprising, um, but I was surprised that uh, like some of the nations that I assumed would uh, side with Israel. In fact, didn't. For example, the United States, Germany, France, UK. I mean, I don't know if the UK was on there. France definitely was. Um, yeah, they did not uh, side with Israel. Um, Uganda was the only one that sided with Israel. Um, even Israel didn't side with Israel on one of the counts, which which was interesting. Um, but like, it was a resounding loss for Israel. Uh, this decision, um, however. You know there there are points of weakness as well that we can discuss when it comes to this court in itself, this entire institution, and the things that were said in there, as well as the limitations that it has.
1: Okay, and so and and what would you say to uh, uh, critics of this uh, from the Israeli side um, who are basically saying that um, this has no merit, uh, it's not enforceable? Uh, basically, their policy is the genocide will continue as planned.
4: I mean, there are a bunch of uh, Holocaust deniers, essentially, aren't they? Or genocide deniers, uh, which is ironic because it's almost Holocaust Remembrance Day. And they themselves said that this whole court was established after the Holocaust. So it seems like now they are the ones that are being bitten by the court that they created. And so they can't really say that the court is, uh, you know, this is the same kind of, uh, institution, the same courts that ruled for them after World War II, so they can't deny its words. Um, and they are denying its words. And that opens a lot of uh, you know, uh, discussion on that. Like, uh, at the end of the day, indeed, Netanyahu and the defense minister, who I think said the ruling of the court was anti-Semitic, which I found to be laughable. Um, really? the defense, know,
1: The defense minister said that?
4: Yes, oh yes, it wasn't just the Israeli spokesperson Noga on the Twitter Spaces. It was the Israeli Defense Minister who the ICJ, in fact, like cited as one of the reasons why um, they wanted to uh, like uh, e- that Israel was inciting a genocide because he said that um, the civilians of Gaza were responsible for October seventh, and we are fighting human animals. They, they, they repeated that quote during the trial and that same person accused the court of being anti-Semitic. Unbelievable! <laughs> and that's why they say <laughs> unbelievable it's become like a joke but i don't even know if they realize how how ridiculous and comical they're being i don't think that they do because they have like a warped sense of reality um that you would expect from the jewish isis
1: so uh <laughs> the zionist isis if you want to qualify that um so sure. well you know so, so 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 Syrian girl um even the Israeli judge even the Israeli judge ruled against Israel on a number of these counts so uh that's that's pretty incredible are you surprised by this
4: I am I think a lot of Israelis are I think it was one count that he ruled against Israel I I I can't think it's inexplicable but maybe it's a sense of like embarrassment that drove him to it. Because uh, it takes a lot to be in these people's positions, um, to be expected to make these rulings. And I and I will qualify the Jewish ISIS comment, um, <laughs> because you know, I think Max Blumenthal coined the term the Jewish state in the Levant mm. rather than the Islamic State in the Levant. And yeah. it is that, it is JSOL. Um Jaisal. they started yeah. JSOL. Yes, they started their existence of three terrorist organizations, Haganah, Ergon, Lehi. And now they're not acting unexpectedly when they basically don't care about human rights uh, and uh, the the law and order. Why would they?
1: That's true. Yes, you're correct. Um, That is a very clever term coined by Max Blumenthal. Um, And look, uh, what about Uganda? This is the strange thing. Is the only country that has voted in favor on all of these counts for Israel. How can you explain this?
4: Well, there's only really two ways one can explain it. Either the country or the individual judge was bribed or blackmailed, or, which is the theory that I prefer, is that Uganda as a state is afraid that Israel will go back to the Ugandan scheme where back then uh, in Germany, they were discussing where to put the Jewish state. And before it was Palestine, they were considering Uganda. And perhaps as a form of self-preservation, in order for the Ugandan scheme to not be reinstated, they thought they were just, you know, let's just keep them happy, keep them over there, instead of them coming over here and taking our land instead. You know, I see that with a real hint of sarcasm.
1: But. Oh, I, yeah, of course. There is historical, um, there is historical form to back up what you said there. That was one of the uh, locations identified uh, prior to the creation of the state of Israel by the colonial powers. Uganda was like on the short list uh, for the the homeland, as it were. But that's uh, absolutely true. Um, so it's there's a lot of political pressure put on a lot of countries. We saw that Syrian girl before. Uh, these proceedings. Uh, Israel was targeting certain countries. There was reports uh, how they were leaning on diplomats, leaning on what they believe their allied governments to vote in their favor on this. That doesn't seem to have panned out. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it, Syrian girl? Because it shows that with all of that Israeli pressure that we saw, diplomatic, political pressure, who knows what threats behind the scenes, um, that didn't have much of an effect in the ruling. What does that say?
4: Well, that is, uh, you know, just, but, you know, they did have some effect. I think that the statement that was made about Hamas, that would have come out of pressure by them, um, because Hamas is not on trial, and it's completely irrelevant, and it kind of deflects from the entire genocide that's going on. So I think that their their influence over, if you looked at who was uniting for peace at the General Assembly, Sometimes, like a few very small countries that are extremely weak, sided with Israel, like Nauru. And I think if you looked at that panel, what was the weakest link? Like, what was the weakest country that would most likely buckle on the Zionist pressure it would have been um, Uganda. But uh, yeah, it, but it is, it is so incredible that the evidence is so overwhelming. The genocide is so severe. The world is bearing witness to this, that it's undeniable and no amount of pressure could like, it's a testament to how solid the case against Israel is, that their lobby wasn't able to uh, wipe the slate clean for them this time and uh, w- one of the things I did note is that the the judge whilst he was reading the statement, um, I think the president uh, I forget, her Donahue, maybe that's correct me if I'm wrong um but her hand was shaking while she was drinking water uh, repeatedly, which I think may be indicative of the amount of pressure she's under um to do to go through uh with with this speech and maybe she's afraid for her own safety um because perhaps she's been threatened by the Zionist lobby also
1: so that's uh it's kind of an amazing uh global stage here. uh this is does this. Do you think that this represents a global consensus, as close to a global consensus as you can? Because going forward, while this isn't enforceable, uh, Syrian girl, it's pretty clear that the overarching political ramifications of this against Israel, if they continue with business as usual, um, it could reap a massive backlash. What do you think?
4: Um, So, sorry, uh, the question is if the court was to rule against The genocide, then it would have a massive backlash, or the repercussions of the results will have a massive backlash? Uh,
1: The political repercussions, because obviously this isn't enforceable uh, from the ICJ. Israel does not have to abide by it. But what are the political repercussions for Israel if they carry on business as usual?
4: Well, in a month's time, you know, they are going to come back to this court and they're going to be exposed. If they continue unabated, then like it's going to be uh, even worse for them in the press, in the media and in the world stage that they are, you know, the, the, the genocide is ongoing. Of course, this ruling is an interim ruling, which means that it is um, not the complete ruling. Unfortunately, the complete ruling will be years down the line. But if they come back in a month's time and they haven't stopped the genocide, then they will kind of sealed their fate with that ruling. And if you know, the way that Israel was sold to the world is kind of like some kind of uh, compensation for the Holocaust um, and on the backs of the Palestinians. Uh, So this kind of, you know, now that it's the Israelis who are doing the genocide, it's the Palestinians who deserve compensation and have been for the last 75 years. But now it's like stated into law and stated into law that Palestinians are a protected group um, this is going to change the political landscape for the rest of time. I believe it's it's, it's like uh, it's ground shaking.
1: Sure. And, and not only that, the the official position of Israel and any of its allies who issue a statement today, Syrian girls, it's going to be very interesting to hear what Washington is going to say officially, to see what Britain is going to say officially, France, Germany, all of these staunch allies of Israel, what is going to be their official statement and reaction to this ruling? And we could really level the charge of genocide denial against uh, Israel and its allies going forward if they do not acknowledge what has clearly been stated here by the court. It looks like the Genocide Convention is now in motion. Uh, that's what it looks like.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Not only that, but certain individuals could be brought to the ICC for supporting a genocide by supporting Israel. Okay. Financially, militarily as well. Like This is the, you know, the ICC is, is uh, going to, have a field day with especially american politicians who continue to support the genocide i would say
1: so yeah that's going to open the door to referrals to the icc as well it's going to go to the u.n general assembly it's going to make its way there pretty soon so while there won't be a verdict as we said earlier for a year or two in terms of the formal legal proceedings, um, the, the other uh, wheels of international justice will start to move now, and you uh, will start to see some movement. So look, we'll keep a close eye on this. Syrian girl, I really appreciate you joining us on TNT, today's news talk today.
4: Okay, excellent. Thank you very much.
1: And follow her on X Twitter, at Partisan Girl. Uh, great account to follow, of course. Get her hot takes, reactions, and tweets, and information on this and so many other great geopolitical stories. Uh, let's take a break real quick, and we'll connect with our roving correspondent, Basil Valentine, for his reaction to this ruling. And we'll also try to connect Freddie Ponton uh, in the same segment afterwards. Stay right there. I'm Patrick Henningsen, senior host. We'll be right back.
0: The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy.
2: The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days, they haven't drank anything, they're cold, they're dehydrated.
1: As soon as we started our descent,
3: everywhere I could see was mud, just absolutely mud. No, the country has been in prolonged drought so long, it was like a
0: box waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now at home.
2: right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all
0: four of your cats. uh... Uh, Okay. And around the world for any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. The next time you think you can illegally handle your mobile phone while driving and get away with it, think again. Phone detection cameras are in operation on New South Wales roads. Hello. So if you're driving and illegally handle your mobile phone, you can stop it or cop it. Speaking on the issues that impact, this is The Patrick Henningsen Show on TNT Radio.
1: Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to TNT Today's News Talk. We're still in the first hour of this live broadcast. Some excellent points and some controversial comments, as always, by Syrian Girl uh, there in the previous segment. She is uh, an amazing commentator and uh, definitely uh, one who is on the cutting edge of a lot of these conversations. She's been uh, pretty much banging the drum on all of this, uh, really, from the from the beginning, uh, and then some. So, yeah, great to have her on the program. Uh, I want to welcome on to the program right now our intrepid correspondent this week, Basil Valentine. He's joining us on the live link right now. We want to get Basil's reaction to this historic ruling, what it means, and how things are going to unfold going forward. Let's bring him onto the stage. Basil Valentine, great to have you with us.
5: Good afternoon, Patrick. Good to be with you. And hello to our listeners all around the world.
1: Basil, what do you make of this uh, ruling uh, so far? I mean... It seems like pretty much a blowout in terms of the split on the votes. We already uh, commented earlier how Israel, even the Israeli judge, voted against Israel on a number of these points. The only one they had to, they had in the tank was Uganda, Tel Aviv. They could only count on Uganda uh, for total unflagging support. Otherwise, it was a rout. But uh, what, what are your thoughts? What are your criticisms? Well, Do you have anything uh, it, to give us? Yeah, I'd
5: call today a step in the right direction. I don't think it's any more than that, but it is a step in the right direction and a significant step. The Israelis are trying to spin it that they can carry on with the killing, uh, that they have already been doing everything they can to avoid genocide. This has been their claim all along. They claim they're not targeting civilians, even though, what, 26,000 have been killed, including 300 in the last 24 hours. so as far as they're concerned, it's carry on regardless. That's the dangerous thing. Now, you know, it remains to be seen. We've had no statement, for example, yet from the British Labour Party. I haven't seen one from the Prime Minister either. So, uh, you know, um, whether or not the Western powers abide by this ruling, recognize the error of their ways, and immediately stop arming israel remains to be seen coincidentally of course uh, joe biden has announced just today um that uh, he is suspending funding funding for the united nations palestine relief agency the unrwa after claims that uh, allegations i should say that some of its members were involved in october the 7th um okay. I know. Unbelievable. But generally, of course, the uh, social media sphere uh, is marking this down as a huge defeat for Israel. That's the overwhelming understanding. Um, Mick Wallace, the outspoken Irish MEP, today's ruling is a huge defeat for Israel. ICJ rules that Israel is credibly accused of potentially genocidal acts against Palestinians. Israel must now act to ensure that Palestinians are no longer at risk of harm plus genocidal acts. Nations facilitating Israel's war must stop. Now, uh, as I said, Israel will claim that uh, Palestinians are not at risk of harm or genocidal acts, that the bombardment, the aerial bombardment, is designed to eliminate Hamas, you know. Uh, there's uh, It's war and there's collateral damage, you know, uh, which is what they call Palestinian civilians. So it remains to be seen whether or not this has any meaningful effect. Um, Philip Proudfoot uh, has tweeted, still no response from Labour on the ICJ ruling. This is hours afterwards. Either they didn't think it was coming or they just don't care. Either way, it's another disgrace in a long list of disgraces. Of course, last night and this morning... Social media was full of pictures from a Labour Party meeting in Cheadle in Lancashire, where uh, anti-genocide protesters disrupted Angela Rayner's fundraising event and were rather crudely ejected by the local constabulary. Um, But as uh, Tiberius, uh, another important influencer on Exus posted. I'm tentatively pleased with the ICJ ruling, but this is merely the first step in a long process towards justice that Israel and the corrupt Western order will seek to deny and derail and stifle and slither out from at every step. We know that already. It's more than symbolic, however, as this ruling means there can be no credible hiding behind the lies that Israel is operating within international law. The highest court on the matter has ruled that there is sufficient evidence to believe that they are not and let's face it we all know they're not this is just a game that depraved western leaders like to play to maintain their pretenses of caring about justice when we know that they don't i couldn't have put it any better myself
1: Great comment there on that uh, uh, ex-Twitter account, Tiberius. Uh, Definitely share that with me on the back line. I'll make sure I retweet that out. Very poignant, very very much on the money there. Um, Basil, what do you think about the political ramifications for those officials, especially Israeli allied countries and governments, that have been basically running cover for this? And uh, really kind of, you could put them in the category, is this too extreme, Basil, genocide deniers? And what's oh, the I don't ram- think
5: genocide de- I don't think genocide deniers is too strong at all um genocide enablers and abettors. Craig Murray the former British ambassador now effectively a journalist and activist uh, uh, posted uh, a couple of hours ago Biden von der Leyen sunak blinken Cameron all now in clear danger of criminal charges for complicity in genocide and uh, the ultimate crime, really, genocide. uh, We jolly well hope that they are now indicted. So what we're likely to see uh, this year going forward is essentially a, a power struggle for the key levers and principles on which this world is founded, Patrick, because mm. the likes of Biden, von der Leyen, Sunak, Blinken, and Cameron no doubt consider themselves above the law, certainly above any international institution's reach. Um, and, and uh, It remains to be seen whether or not charges are brought against any of these people. There's also another case um, in California, which the Biden administration have been trying to get dismissed. Are you aware of that one,
1: Patrick? No, go ahead. Give us the details.
5: Um, It's uh, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle here reporting that the judge appears wary of this case. The Bay Area federal judge in a case accusing President Joe Biden of aiding genocide against Palestinians has asked the opposing sides questions that appears to signal he plans to dismiss the suit because the case involves political rather than legal issues. On Wednesday, Two days before a hearing in the suit by Palestinian rights groups against Biden and two top aides, U.S. District Judge Jeffrey White of Oakland told lawyers with the plaintiffs and the government to be prepared to answer these questions. Under what authority can the court, in effect, exercise its judgment over and reverse U.S. foreign policy decisions, etc.? Now, this, I'm afraid, is likely to be the uh, similar sort of get out that politicians are looking for They will claim that courts do not have the jurisdiction, that these are political matters, they're not legal matters. Um, You know, any and every trick in the book will, of course, be used by the currently powerful, whether they remain so, to slither out of any charges
1: okay well ho- hopefully we're going to get freddie ponton uh joining us uh, any moment now we've also got him uh on the live link as well uh from france he's going to give us uh, his interpretation and reactions uh as to what has taken place here i'm talking with basil valentine right now our intrepid correspondent getting reactions from the ICJ ruling, International Courts of Justice, have issued an interim decision to uh, basically cease and desist. And uh, as I was reading uh, the Genocide Convention article two, Basil, uh, not only to our listeners here, but I was on a very large uh, Twitter space this morning, basically pointing out, as nobody was, all the Israeli spokespeople were there on the panel, and I pointed out to everybody, I said, hey, uh, this isn't an explicit ceasefire order because the icj can't rule a ceasefire order uh, but what it does is they say they have to uphold the genocide convention and if you read article 2 basil that means israel according to the genocide convention must cease and desist targeting the party in question which is the native palestinian population so it's like they everyone's arguing semantics basil They're all arguing semantics. But you can't get away from the fact that the Genocide Convention is still in play. This is ratified by all these countries' legislations. Your comment.
5: but that's right. Ali Aboumenar, the uh, Palestinian campaigner, uh, posted, Israel will respond the same way as it does to any and every ruling. Ignore it. This is about forcing the rest of the world to act as well has been found by the ICJ, to be plausibly accused of genocide, which is huge and unprecedented. And he also posted saying a ceasefire is what you demand in an armed conflict. In a genocide, you demand an immediate end to all genocidal acts. Mm. And that is exactly what the ICJ ordered with immediate effect. Please stop helping Israel spin its historic defeat
1: as a win. Yeah, and the, the 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 defiance coming out of the Israeli camp right now—the statements are just unbelievable. Um, I was on uh, Twitter Spaces on Mario Nafal's space this morning, and a uh, and I sort of Israeli spokesperson of, of sorts, uh, named her name is Noga. She basically accused the judges of being anti-Semitic at the Hague. Uh, she she deemed this to be an anti-Semitic ruling. And so forth. So that, that that's being said by, I think, intelligence or defense ministers. Defense minister said that as well from Israel. So that's where they're at with that. Let me bring in uh, Freddie Ponton right now, our European uh, correspondent, to get his reaction to the ruling by the International Courts of Justice. We'll bring Freddie Ponton, investigative journalist, Freddie Ponton. Thank you for joining us, Freddie.
3: Hey, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much, Patrick, for having me.
1: Freddie, what, what's your reaction to the ruling? What does it mean to you Uh, and what should we look for going forward?
3: Well, it's uh, something that uh, a lot of people around the world were anticipating, of course, as far as, you know, which way the International Court of Justice will go. So I think a lot of people around the world are delighted today that to see that there are still uh, an international uh, uh, rule order, if you will, that allows the international law to prevail and stepping away from the political agenda each member state may have. In this instance, I think it's, uh, it's uh, very promising, uh, especially when you look at the, the vote and how many judges voted in favor of uh, this order and the provisional measures attached to it. So uh, I think that uh, we can take a, a small victory here uh, and we, we we have to take small victory wherever we can find them. And I'm sure that uh, in Gaza as well as in West Bank and uh, around the uh, various acts of resistance, especially in Yemen, I think people will be delighted that the court has uh, saw the light. So very interesting because the momentum now is built building up. I think uh, everybody understands this is a a two-step mechanism. This was step one about establishing the plausibility of a genocide being committed against the Palestinian people in the Gaza Strip by Israel. So that has been established as a plausible fact uh, and including obviously many aspects uh, of what was outlined in the pleas from the South Africans. So it's really about preserving life. I think that's the, the main message here, is to preserve life and also address the character of urgencies as Basil just said. It's very important to understand that a lot of, of the states whether they uh party to the uh, genocide convention or not, they will all now have been aware of a plausible uh, genocide or uh, genocidal activities taking place in the Gaza Strip. So they need to also obey to that order. It's not only Israel, it's the entire spectrums of states uh, that might, for some of them, been involved in helping, hating, and abating the state of Israel, which is now uh, in something that has been described and seen as a plausible uh, genocidal activities. So they must stop. They must stop aiding, they must stop abating, they must stop providing logistical uh, support, military support, financial support, even expertise support. Anything that can be seen as aiding uh, uh, Israel in what is described as a as a possible genocide uh, is will be an an action against uh, this particular judgment so it's a great position because we now see according to the international court of justice status uh, article 41/2 that not only the as i said the, the the states are now being made aware but also it gives the opportunity now uh, for south africa to uh, approach and to uh, borrow the natural path for this order to be enforced, which is the United Nations Security Council. So the United States Security Council uh, will find it very difficult to kind of a uh, twat, if you will, to try to uh, undermine a, uh, a decision of justice, even though this is still A court order is still legally binding by law. They have to obey to it. Israel has has to comply uh, with what has been stated in the provisional order. But the UNSC must also look at it from a a court and an international law perspective and not from a political perspective. So for let's say, for instance, the UK or the United States to even entertain the possibility to veto and use this veto power uh, to uh, stop the enforcement of a, a court order uh, coming out of the, you know, the highest court in the United Nations and perhaps to the world, I think it will be politically very damning, and it will also uh, showcase the hypocrisy uh, of uh, states like the United States, which, as we all know, has been supporting Israel from the get-go. So I think it's really nice to to see that uh, right now uh, South Africa has been vindicated in terms of its claims. Its plea was really well outlined on the 11th of January. And we want to see now uh, what will Israel reaction will be. Of course, I'm sure many uh, in your audience, Patrick, will be very kind of cautious about, uh, uh, you know, uh, being too excited about Israel complying to these uh, provisional orders. Uh, but uh, I think that. Uh, within the month's time, the court has clearly indicated that Israel needed to provide the court with a report outlining all the effort made towards avoiding basically uh, being in contravention with the provisional measures. So uh, we're going to see what is going to happen. But I think it's really important also to look at Article 49 of the UN Charter, Patrick. Article 49 of the UN Charter, Patrick, is very, very clear about uh, the possibility of forcing these uh, provisional measures. And if Israel was to not enforce them, was not to comply with them. The Security Council has the task and the responsibility to make recommendation to make sure that they're going to enforce it. And they obviously have different tools and instruments that can be used to do that. And meaning sanctions, economic sanctions, but also the deployment of troops on the ground at the last resorts. So it's a, as I say, it's it's an ongoing story, it's ongoing developments, and we're going to follow that very very uh, closely to make sure we understand exactly where this is going and how Israel is going to react.
1: Excellent legal analysis there, Freddie Ponton. That's brilliant. And I'm glad you brought it back to the point, Freddie, as everyone's arguing about semantics and uh, does Israel have to comply or not? It's about stopping the killing. It's about stopping the rapacious killing we've been seeing for the last three months. And we have to keep the conversation real and anchor it. And I appreciate you doing that. Basil Valentine, what do you make about uh, Freddie's comment, how this is going to get kicked up to the UN level now, UN Security Council? We know it's going to happen there, Basil. The United States is going to veto it Then it's going to go to the General Assembly But that's a whole different story They can't be vetoed in the General Assembly They can make a number of recommendations Including suspending Israel as a UN member Um, That would be quite huge uh, Politically as well Basil, I want to get your quick comment I want to go back to Freddie before we break for the hour Basil, go ahead
5: I'm given to understand that the nature of the ruling Is such that it will not go to the UN Security Council Okay That's my understanding. Also, I'm afraid to say it looks like there's trouble ahead. One of the most ardent Zionist accounts on X, Visegrad 24, you may be familiar with it, Mm -hmm. um, has announced an hour ago that uh, Israel won in court today. The ICJ recognized that Israel has an inalienable right to defend itself against the terrorist onslaught Israel faces. It demands the immediate release of all hostages. South Africa's attempt to empty the word genocide of its meaning failed. Uh, So, in other words, I don't think the Israelis have any intention of modifying any aspect of their behavior whatsoever with the possible proviso that they may allow the trickle of aid into gaza to increase slightly but don't hold your breath in all other respects i don't expect them to change their course at all they will continue to acclaim that they are fighting terrorists and that everything they're doing is for that end and that end alone
1: yeah, you know, you're you're correct, Basil. That that account, Visegrad, uh, that is like an official kind of Israeli propaganda uh, outlet. So if you want to hear what's in Bibi Netanyahu's head, just follow Visegrad. Is it visigrad Twenty Four on Twitter? visigrad
5: Twenty Four. Yeah, you need a strong stomach. I warn you. You know.
1: <laughs> okay. So so we know we we expected that that that's going to be the case. But you know the thing is, ICJ is state to state. Hamas is not a state actor. So the, the, that's a claim that I think the Israelis are making, a desperate claim, Freddie, is that this is about Hamas, but Hamas doesn't even come into it. It's about whether what Israel's doing is a genocide, constitutes genocide with genocidal intent, therefore other states can then hold them to account like South Africa did, and others are lining up as well, Freddie. So there's not a very strong argument from the Israelis, Freddie, but they're going to run with it still. Go ahead, Freddie.
3: Yes, of course, there's a a serious detachment with reality when uh, speaking of uh, Israel communications and public relations. So you're going to have accounts on Twitter. But uh, last time I checked, you know, it's uh, uh, the international uh, rule of law uh, that speaks. And that really stands what someone says on Twitter has very little value. Uh, at this particular stage, especially coming from these guys, which I know uh, of, don't know them personally, but uh, just to go back to what Basil said, I think very clearly, uh, and I have it in front of me, but the article, uh, as I say, forty one, section two, is very clear. You know, pending the final decision, notice of the measures suggested shall forthwith be given to the parties and the security cancel so there's no uh, you know black and white yeah it's no gray zone it's really straight Forward. You know, uh, the, the, the South African in the statements which I've shared on my Twitter account, uh, I posted a couple of videos this morning about this uh, uh, court ruling and people would be able to read the statement and I will really invite them to read the statement. It's made by lawyers clearly and it's quite clear that they also mentioned the article 41 uh, 2 of the status of the International Court of Justice. So that's what prevails now. It's the path, the natural path where this uh, court order is going to be directed towards to for the UN security uh, council to uh, be aware of it for the states to be aware of it and to be prepared obviously to enforce it now, whether Israel is going to enforce it or not, it's out of a control. And at this stage, we must focus on what we can control. Uh, I completely agree with Basil on the fact that there's very little chance that um, Israel would change its course of action in the Gaza Strip. Uh, if they wanted to ceasefire. they had many opportunities to do that. And if the United States wanted to ceasefire, uh, they could have done that a long time ago and many lives could have been saved. So... What these guys are going to do is really up to uh, everybody kind of assumptions. But at the end of the day, we need to stick to what the international rule of law is saying and follow uh, the guidelines and what the court order is describing and as indicated in this provisional order. That's what we need to stick to. And whatever comes out of Israel of the US, it's gonna be what has been you know, coming out of these both states uh, for the last past three months. Nothing is going to change much, but there is legal liability. Legal liability for aiding and abetting a state that has been described as plausibly involved and uh, undertaking. A, a genocidal activities in the Gaza Strip against the Palestinian. That's what we need to remember from this court order and from this ruling. Uh, the rest is propaganda, public relations, communication. But at the end of the day, the states will have to obey to that.
1: That's correct. And I might point out, even Israel's statement of Israel has the right to defend itself, um, they're trying to flip the actual international law. Actual international law is very clear, is that the if you're occupied, i.e. the Palestinians, only they have the right to defend themselves. Israel does not only has the right to defend themselves under the UN Charter from an attack by another. Country, another state actor. So, actually, international law is very squarely on the side of the Palestinians, and also international courts of justice in the UN uphold the right for armed liberation struggle, armed liberation yeah, struggle right. for any group by any means necessary, by any means necessary. Yeah. So, go ahead. We only got thirty seconds. Go ahead, Freddie.
3: Okay. Yeah, well, what, what I would add to that is even the fact, even if we were to argue, which is arguable, of course, the fact that Israel has the right to defend itself. I think, yes, we all understand that Israel has the right uh, to secure itself and to uh, basically bring back order. That's what they're entitled to do, as you clearly and rightly so said that, uh, uh, obviously, the Palestinians and the people in Gaza and the Hamas are not a state. Uh, so, but the right to defend yourself, even if we were to consider that, still has to be done in accordance with international law
1: they Go ahead, ba- ba- Basil. Go ahead. Ten seconds, Basil. Well, We're going to you know, break in a second. The, the,
5: the, the, the ruling has completely shifted the Overton window of the conversation in Europe and the United States. The claim that people out on the streets protesting against genocide are somehow hate marchers, da-da-da, or that you know, the official government positions of Western nations are acceptable, that's all gone out the window. What actually happens on the ground, Gaza, what Israel does, does, that's, that's another matter. Whether we get as far as David Cameron, Rishi Sunak and Joe Biden being indicted for war crimes, that's another matter. But the conversation has shifted
4: irredeemably.